My name is Jessica, one of the teachers here at Heartland Friends of the Dhamma. And often um, our training in this tradition, in this lineage, is to be very spontaneous. With these talks, you rarely see a teacher up here with notes or you know, or reading a scripted kind of talk that's been put together is helpful in a class, you know, when <laughs> you want to be precise and not vague and get the right information across. But a lot of the time, uh, talks like this are just coming from the heart. The idea is to practice all the time, you know, or uh, prepare all the time. And then when one is asked to give a talk, there's hopefully something there <laughs> to draw upon. Mm -hmm. Ajahn Amaro, one of my one of my teachers, who's a monk in England, uh, I heard him quoted recently, and some of you I've mentioned this because I've been chewing on it for a while. I heard him quoted recently as saying, "There, there is." only patience and waiting. There is no patiently waiting. And I've been carrying that around, you know, to all the various scenarios that we find ourselves in. Like this morning is a good example, you know, am I, am I being patient or am I waiting? Am I patiently waiting? What is this? What is this? How to respond or how to encourage the heart to respond when something's just a little bit off, when something's just a little bit different than normal, when something isn't going right. And in our tradition, you'll hear the term patient endurance a lot. So patient endurance is different than patiently waiting. Now, patiently waiting presumably is waiting for something to be over, waiting for something to get back to how it should be, waiting for something to uh, finally be right again or for the first time. And that can uh, cause a lot of trouble for the heart when we're waiting for something to get fixed. <clears throat> but patient, patient endurance is more like, um, I like to think of it as patient attendance, patiently attending to the present moment, patiently attending to the circumstances, patiently attending to the situation, patiently noticing, patiently observing, patiently working, patiently guarding the mind from falling into greed, hatred, and delusion. Uh, but not necessarily waiting for something to be done. I heard a talk recently by one of the monks down at Abayagiri, which is our far, 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 California. He said when he was a young monk, he was out in the forest stacking wood. He was a bunch of wood in the forest had been cut and he was having to bring it down. 
from the hill. This uh, monastery is on just these epic hills in California. So kind of getting to the cookies and getting back and doing work and you know building in the forest is really can be really taxing physically. And that kind of work is uh, repetitive as well. And so with, with each pile he brought down, he was counting each pile out loud for whatever reason. And um, Long Profesano walked past him, fellow here, and he said, what are you doing? And then Mike said, I'm counting my pile of sticks. And Longfor said, don't do that. That doesn't serve you. And it was just a very, I see, you know, some, oh, some smiles. <laughs> There's a very quick, pithy lesson in patience. You know? Just be with what is instead of sort of counting the minutes, counting the piles of sticks until it's over. Uh, the same monk Ajahnamara that I was talking about earlier, he tells this great story, and I really need to go back to it and relearn all the details, but the um, kind of the feeling that I got when I read the story the first time stuck in my head. He was a young monk. He was helping to establish a monastery in England. They were working really hard. The conditions were really unpleasant. The weather was always unpleasant. There were only a few monks living there. They had a lot of work to do. The house was in disarray. The land was in disarray. And one of the things that he got assigned to do was clean out this water uh, tank, like this big kind of water tower. It was full of rust and gross stuff if I if I remember the story right and he had to be inside this tank for something like three days with a power tool sort of um, cleaning and sanding off all this rust and gunk from the inside and it was extremely hot and extremely unpleasant and extremely loud and it had to be done so the monks could have clean water so the monks could actually live there and <clears throat> that is obviously an example of patient endurance because he could have said well, why why do wh why do monks have to do this you know i didn't <laughs> no i didn't take on this practice to clean water tanks but he was doing what had to be done and he was um you know, being taught well and had a good community. And so he spent three days, you know, in this water tank with a power tool. And I read that story or maybe heard him tell it years and years ago before I had kids. And then I had kids and it was really hard and they screamed a lot and were awake a lot. And uh, how I got through it was by just picturing the, wa the water tank. <laughs> yeah. If a monk, if a human being can be inside this loud, hot, smelly water tank <laughs> for days and not lose faith. 
I can change this diaper. <laughs> I can be with these difficult circumstances. You know, it's similar. He chose this life and he was given these tasks, which may have seemed uh, not necessarily synonymous with the life. You know, and I chose my life. <laughs> and then I was given these tasks, which I did not uh, see coming. You know, patient endurance, not waiting for things to be over, but attending as needed in the moment. Uh, we also sometimes have to uh, patiently endure our own bad habits. You know, uh, once we pop onto this path, uh, it starts to become clear. <laughs> that there's a lot of work to do. Um, you know, most of us show up to a place like this because we're suffering or <laughs> because there's something we want to deal with or work on or manage um, better. Uh, but, you know, when the practice really starts to take hold and uh, progress, you know, our work becomes more and more refined. And we see kind of these more refined layers of gunk <laughs> to sand off the metal, you know? We got, we finally stopped, you know, sort of, I don't know, doing something really crass in public that we might've done before, but we've still got this kind of um, a difficulty with kind speech and it comes out, it comes out, it comes out. And then we start to get a hold of that. And uh, then we realize that, you know, we're pretty good in public, but we're still unkind to our partners. <laughs> and then we get a hold of that and uh, stop doing that, let that um, settle down. And then we realize we're kind of unkind to ourselves, you know, and it sort of winnows down from these really sort of, uh, what they say, coarse, you know, very obvious, observable um, habits down to a refinement of the practice. And we can spend a lot of time uh, sort of patiently enduring our own bad habits. And of course, think of the poor other people <laughs> in our lives. You know, they may not be so patiently enduring our bad habits. I had an interesting uh, experience a few months ago and I'm still sort of chewing on it. But uh, one of my long, long standing bad habits is uh, sort of talking too much, interrupting, blurting, <clears throat> finishing people's sentences, all the things. Not that unusual, but not that beautiful either. <laughs> And uh, so in this tradition, you know, in my practice over the years, I've worked on my speech and, you know, I let go of uh, lying and I let go of yelling and I let go of, you know, these bad habits of speech. Uh, but this real kind of impulsiveness remains. <clears throat> and, you know, what happens sometimes when we patiently endure and work on and look at and observe and chip away at our bad habits is that occasionally a dam will break, which is can be really um, 
nerve wracking, but also quite beautiful. And I was at Thanksgiving with uh, my friends. I don't have a lot of family in this area. So I do a Friendsgiving with, you know, various couples and families and kids. And I don't know, there was like 20 people there or something. And uh, I had stepped out of the room and I came back and people were going around saying what they were thankful for. So one at a time, quite, quite lovely, normal, you know, something you might do at Thanksgiving. And uh, I was listening and I was so delighted because these are my friends. I love them. They're kids. You know, I just really wasn't enjoying listening to everybody's sharing. And then um, my husband leaned over and said, you are responding out loud to everything everyone says. And I didn't even realize it. It's just what I do. Think out loud, impulsively say what comes into my brain. Nothing bad. I wasn't like, boo. <laughs> I mean, that would have been really bad. But I, but I had some kind of comment or response to everyone's sharing. And he leaned over and he said that. And uh, I started bawling. I started crying. I, the dam broke. And I was extremely embarrassed. I think that was the first thing. Like, it was like shining a light under a bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure under your beds are all beautiful and clean. But you shine a light under my bed. <laughs> You're going to find some dust bunnies. So it was like someone had just shined this light under the bed of my bad habit. And I could not contain myself. I had to leave the room. I had to go in the bathroom. I just kept crying. I came back and then it was my turn. And I was like, I'm thankful for all of you. you know? <laughs> I couldn't, I was all I could muster. And we kept going. <clears throat> and then, um, of course, my husband is a really kind, you know, great person and also a truth teller. Like that is his, I love that about him. Uh, he was just apologizing all over the place. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to upset you. I didn't mean to upset you. And, you know, I could honestly say, and still can say, I had no ill will for him at all. It wasn't about the messenger at all. In fact, I felt grateful. I felt grateful that he just pushed that little rock <laughs> out of the dam and then everything became very clear to me. That doesn't mean the habit's gone. I certainly will blurt something out in a conversation with each of you over time, I'm sure. Uh, but having those moments of total clarity about one of our habits uh, is really a beautiful, important, beneficial thing. You know, it doesn't always happen. We don't always get fireworks, <laughs> uh, but sometimes we do. And it can be an indication, you know, that we've sort of been patiently enduring, just kind of chipping away, chipping away, chipping away at something, and then it breaks. 
and you notice it and you see. And then after that, you know, you can um, uh, start to uh, continue that refinement process. Okay, well, I can see that one. Now what else, now what else is there? <laughs> no, and this is why it's, uh, you know, it's good to have a meditation practice. It's good to have some time every day where you get to contemplate and see what comes up when you hold a mirror up. You know, what, what still, what residue is there from the day or from the previous day? Um, what am I working with? What am I grappling with? That stuff will come up in meditation and we get to see it. It's like our own uh, silent, you know, Todd, <laughs> sit down, close your eyes and something in me says, oh, there's this and there's this and there's this and there's this. And I get to sit with it and see it and be there. And that's patient endurance. Patient um, attending. Like um, <clears throat> Sukula gave this uh, lovely talk last week and you know, part of what she was saying was, um, it was she was reminding us that you know, that which sees the pain is not in pain. You know, that which sees the suffering is not suffering. That which sees the habit of blurting you know, is not engaged in it. So we're working the patient endurance is working behind the scenes to um, strengthen that observer to strengthen that continuity of mindfulness the continuity of awareness that holds us you know when we move throughout our days and when we're trying to settle some of these habits and you know what i mean by patient endurance some of you might be patiently enduring right now, <laughs> uh, but it's to be with something um, without responding from a place of ill will, a place of um, greed, you know, that's patiently waiting. I want it to be done. Ill will, I wish it never happened. <laughs> Delusion. Greed, oh well, delusion. Oh, it's fine. That's <laughs> delusion. So we don't want to patiently endure uh, harmfulness, patiently endure unskillfulness, patiently endure, you know, white supremacy, because that would be coming from a place of delusion, right? So we can patiently endure while taking right action. You know, patient endurance is not. Uh, passive it's active and it's meant to wear away our unskillful habits 